COVID-19 patients need your help. If you fully recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have the antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients recover. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today to schedule an appointment to donate blood. That's V-I-T-A-L-A-N-T dot Help save lives and schedule your appointment at Vitalant.org. You could help save lives. A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online. So any small business could be a driving force to create change or build an empire. We know old ideas aren't cutting it anymore. So we're calling for a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. So whatever you have in mind that will help make a different future, find everything you need to get started at GoDaddy.com. Because the future isn't decided yet. It's up to us to make it happen. Start different at GoDaddy.com. This is an ode to the glass noodle. You may be glass only in name, but our love for you is crystal clear in every Bibigo Korean dumpling. Your tantalizing texture tickles the taste buds. And while you are see-through, the world can't help but see you. The Glass Noodle, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every plump and juicy Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. This is Podco Media Networks. On episode 112 of Confessions of a Marketer, a journey of discovery. Hi, it's Mark Reed Edwards. Welcome back to Confessions of a Marketer. Beth Comstock is here to discuss the past year since she published her book. We'll have that in a moment. Coming soon, Kiri Masters on marketing and Amazon, another session on optimization with Justin Christensen, plus Nathan Hirsch on finding the right freelancers, Philip Stutz on the politics of marketing, and lots more in the works. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. All right, on to Beth Comstock. I talked to Beth about a year ago when her book Imagine It Forward came out. Now, a year later, we check in on what she's learned from the book tour. Is there a follow-up in the works? find out here. We'll also chat about what the heck has been going on at GE, where Beth served as vice chair, and we get a start on planning for 2020. Beth notes that we might be kidding ourselves about the control we think we have over planning. This is part one. Let's get to it. Beth, welcome back to Confessions of a Marketer. Great to have you here. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me back. So your book came out a year ago. That's when we spoke. What's the past year been like? Has this been a journey of discovery? I think I'm still in a journey of discovery. <laughs> I haven't I haven't reached the end of it, but it's been a, a busy year. Uh, I didn't. I don't think I realized how much work putting out a book is. Uh, it's like a startup venture. Yeah. And not to mention that you're promoting your book and your ideas. So I've been out meeting with a lot of people in an array of companies and situations. And then I've also been working on my own personal discovery about what's next, um, sure. really trying to kind of follow the the pattern I put out in the book. So I've been doing some professional discovery and some personal discovery. Oh, that's good. Is there anything unexpected? You put out the book and 
It's kind of a thing, and it's fixed in time. Anything unexpected as you set out to discuss your book? Well, I mean, I think when I started the book project, I uh, I didn't expect GE to hit the tough times it's had in right. the past couple of years. So that was certainly unexpected as I started to write my book. Certainly I knew it as I was in the final stages of the book, but pretty much when I'm out meeting and talking to people, one of the questions they inevitably ask me is, you know, what the heck's been going on at GE? And I'm not in the company, I've been there for two years, but I still have a point of view. So I think that continues, everybody wants an easy answer and it's a very complex company and it's a great company and they'll find their way out of it. And I think in some ways it reinforces my point about change. I think uh, two other unexpected things, I mean, one is just the nature of writing a book. It's done. I mean, there's, I wrote it to be evergreen, but wow, there's so many things I'd go back and change or adapt. And that's just the book format. It's, it's, it's put, you know, it's sort of locked in time. And so I find myself wishing I had uh, flexible ways to uh, address certain things or round out a conversation. And then I think for just myself personally, uh, I think it's just, I'm being tested in very different ways. You go from a platform of, I'd spent 25 plus years in a career and you you, know, you build up a, your expertise and uh, knowledge and suddenly I'm thrust into an area I've never put a book out. I, I'm doing things I've, I've not had experience to do. And I think it's good for people to be put in situations where they don't know what they're doing and to be reminded of that. And I had to grapple with that. I've had to and continue to grapple with that. Yeah. Now, I have a connection to GE because my late father-in-law worked there for 40-odd years as a senior engineer. So I have a connection to GE. And But I think that GE is one of those companies where people just pull for it. You know, some companies go up, some go down, and you can kind of say, oh, well. But it, it feels to me like people, when they ask about GE – they're kind of pulling for it. Like, let's hope that they can turn it around. Do you find that as well? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it's an iconic company and it's 130 years old. So you think about the, the generations of people who've, who've known it. So it transcends a number of, of segments and, and audiences. And it's one of the most widely held stocks yeah. Uh, you know, in the stock, in any of the stock exchanges. I think at one point in my time at GE, it was the most widely held stock. And so anyone who invests or in their 401k, they, they, they have a little piece of GE. So I think it's quite relevant to a lot of people for that reason. Yeah. So after all this, I know, I know you're, you're still talking about your, your book, but do you have any plans for a follow-up? I don't at this point. I mean, I, I feel like I have gotten a master class in understanding how to write, promote, and publish a book. So I feel like I've invested all that. And maybe I should put it to use again, but I'm <laughs> not in a hurry to do that right now. Yeah. So no, I don't. I, I, I definitely have some ideas, uh, some areas of interest uh, related to themes and topics, but nothing that I'm ready to jump into yet. If anything, I think I'm just in this place where I, I need more space to experiment, test ideas. So that's a lot of what I'm doing, kind of planting seeds with people I know or and I'm in a new situation. And so I'm in the, uh, I guess, research phase in terms of topics that interest me, whether that turns into a new career path or a book idea, but not ready to, to, to commit yet. Yeah. One thing I want to talk to you about is planning. 
So we're recording this in October, and 2020 is right around the corner, so there's a lot of planning going on. Some companies may have finished it, but if they're like any companies I've ever been in, they're scrambling up until the last moment. You shared some of your planning techniques in our earlier interviews, such as 3D budgeting. How do you advise marketers sitting in late 2019? How do you advise them to plan for 2020? One, I, I think we all have to accept that perhaps we've been kidding ourselves with how much control we have over the plans we put together. I, yeah. I saw this throughout my career, especially as I was doing more with new businesses and, and startups, whether they were in our company or somewhere or outside. But everybody has these beautiful plans and everything is going to go, especially now we're looking a year out, a year to 16 months out. And so you feel like you have a little bit more in your line of sight. You think you know what your revenue will be. You can pretty much, you think, imagine what you, based on that, what your expenses need to be. But there's just so many unexpected things that happen. And I think if there's anything any of us should know and living in the, through the past decade is just disruptive, unexpected things happen more frequently. And so I think that's what you have to be planning for. Is it contingency? Yeah. I still fall back to the model in the 3D budgeting just to really simplify it. I think if you even just think of yourself in kind of having two lanes of planning, you're sort of now the things that you you, you have enough experience with. They op, it's a regular co- kind of operating rhythm that with, with some degree of certainty, you can feel confident about certainly a 12-month plan with that caveat we just talked about. And then I'm still big on a second lane that's kind of what's next, what's new. And I think that's, for a marketer, that's often where your experimental efforts happen. And every year you have a different amount of budget to play with. For me, sometimes it was 15%, some years it was 5%. But I absolutely think you must, you absolutely must have some space where it's money, time, people's mind share, where they can experiment and test some of the things in anticipation of what if this happens. So it's kind of like your what if readiness. What if this competitor takes off? What if the global market doesn't, isn't as um, robust as we think? What if our customers decide they don't want to buy as much anymore? And how will we experiment and plan for that? So I think you're just in a constant, there has to be some part of your brain and your budget and your people who are in this constant what if mode. And you got to put some time and money against it. Even for the long-range 12-month plan, you have to think, what if? Right? What if? I mean, remember where we started this year? I remember talking to um, across a range of industries. People started 2019 convinced we were going to have a recession. Yeah. Here we are in October. Economists are still, you know, there's all kinds of indicators that, that have market and, and economists worried, but the market continues to thrive. Hopefully that preparation gave people a new way of thinking about the year. So out of that maybe came some new ideas. Or maybe we don't need to spend that in there and we can spend here. So I just think that as making that as part of your regular practice. At GE, we had an annual strategy session. I think many companies do this. And for a while, we peered out three to five years. And after a while, you're like, this, we, we can't bake any of this in. You, you need to have an ongoing rhythm to say what's changed what, what were your hypotheses for this year? What are we going to try that, that, that is, is kind of a, a new way to think about a new situation? And you just have, I think you have to do that on a regular basis, quarterly at least, maybe even monthly. 
All right, next time, Beth Comstock and I forge on and talk more about planning and whether the CMO role is dying. So stay with us. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Podco Media Networks, and this episode is copyright 2019. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time. tried to eyeball six feet as often as you do now. You wear a mask, you wash your hands, and you've stayed within the walls of your apartment for more hours than you care to add up. But unless you live in a smoke-free building, you're not exactly home free. Secondhand smoke drifting through the cracks in walls or sink drains carries toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. And right now, lung health is key. Go to tobaccofreeca.com to learn how to stay safe.